Cinema Obscura. From KYW in Philadelphia, it's a look at movies that may not exactly be considered mainstream and had a limited run upon release. Many of them did, but certainly worth a look. This week, it is a look at the 1959 horror thriller, The Tingler. And from 1961, the horror film, Mr. Sardonicus. Oddly enough, both films had in-theater gimmicks. I'm Steve Nikhazy, and I'm joined by independent Philadelphia filmmaker Andre Bennett. Andre, uh, got to admit, I am a sucker for black and white horror movies. Yeah, and this week we had a couple of great ones from the king of the gimmick, <laughs> William Castle, one of the uh, most iconic directors in the history of film. And it must have been fun to be a, a movie buff back then in the, in the 50s because every week something was coming out, multiple titles coming out. Yeah, it was obviously a time that we're never really going to see again. Mm-hmm. because you had the roadshow system, you had uh, all sorts of different uh, means of exhibition, mm-hmm. and you had filmmakers who put money into these, you know, crazy... Yeah. I mean, it was really mainly um, Castle who, like, went all in because he was super creative. The guy um, started in show business early. At 15, he was working for Bella Lugosi. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, and you're, you're talking about William Castle. William Castle, yeah, the director. And then he uh, got into uh, movies. Um, he worked for uh, Orson Welles and Lady from Shanghai. He was working in the studio system for a long time. Mm-hmm. Then he uh, got out of that, started producing his own independent horror movies, and that's when he just hit the ground running. He, and, uh, and, you know, we're not talking about movies that cost a lot of money to make. And, no. And they're certainly reflected in the in the production values. But we began with a movie that created a big buzz in 1959, literally because of a gimmick that sent theater goers out of their seats. A pathologist who conducts autopsies on executed prisoners believes fear is the result of a creature that lives in all of us and will not surface as long as we scream. And he meets a theater-owning couple that includes a woman who is deaf and mute, and her extreme fear causes the creature to come to life and grow. In 1959's The Tingler, and what a delicious role this had to be for Vincent Price. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, Vincent Price in this movie. It was the second time he and Castle worked together. They uh, worked together on House on Haunted Hill, which is, I guess, one of the more famous Mm -hmm. uh, horror movies of, of that era. For one thing, it's the first movie that I believe featured LSD, and there's a scene where Price is tripping. It's an acting showcase. <laughs> I will say that. Uh, it's, it's, people bang, what is LSD? You know, yeah, what the heck really. is this? On the whole, it's a really interesting movie. And you were saying before how there wasn't a whole lot of money that seemed to go into this. But you have to consider also the gimmicks probably cost quite a bit. Installing the buzzers in the seats. Because, right, yeah, right. Because uh, William Castle, this gimmick was called Percepto, where certain seats had buzzers in the, installed in them. So in uh, the scenes where the tingler uh, pops up, it's like you you feel like you know this is buzzing, and you're like, oh my goodness! And the only way to stop it is to scream, which is also in the movie the only way to stop the tingler. You can't kill it, but you can paralyze it by screaming. Mm-hmm. And it's a really weird movie in that it's also very metatextual because. There's a lot of material here that refers back to to film itself. The movie itself is, you know, Vincent Price as a pathologist studying the nature of fear mm-hmm. and what scares people, how to scare people. In a way, you could also read it as Castle sort of a surrogate for Castle trying to figure out how to scare people next. Yeah. 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 And this this the film actually begins with an authoritative figure who's describing what you're about to see. Yeah, it's Castle himself and 
almost like Hitchcock in a way. He's inserting himself <laughs> mm-hmm. into the proceedings here, and it's a trip. No, no pun intended. Originally released as a double feature with uh, Juke Box Rhythm, and you were talking about some of the uh, gimmicks that were involved. Uh, the buzzer, and also I understand there was something that would put it behind people's seats and brush it against the back of their legs. So, really? Like <laughs> so, for, the, for the tingler? For the tingler, yeah. Oh, wow. And in one scene, you're talking about production values, too. You can actually see the tingler being pulled by a thin wire. And if you're watching <laughs> oh, it on, a, on an HD set, you know, you, you can't miss it. There's a scene in here. The, the whole movie, most of the movie is shot in black and white. But there's a scene where the uh, the deaf-mute lady who is kind of like the centerpiece of this whole thing. She is experiencing an extreme fear reaction and she's in her bathroom and you see like water running in the sink and it's, but it's not water, it's blood. And, but it's, it's like legit red. Mm -hmm. It's like a splash of color in an otherwise monochrome movie. That scene was actually shot in color. They spliced it into the film but what they did was they painted the rest of the set black, white, and gray, and they did her makeup in gray and her wardrobe in monochrome. So you had to think, you know, some expense went into right, that too. Right, So the Tingler, we have a clip. We do. So this is where Vincent Price's character is explaining to his partner, played by Daryl Hickman, who is the brother of Dobie Gillis's Dwayne Hickman. Mm-hmm. I was like, this guy looks familiar. He's not quite Dobie Gillis, yeah. but, but he's explaining to him his, his theories on the Tingler. Dave, you know, the further we go, the surer I am that what we're looking for is something tangible, real. Anything that can exert such tremendous pressure on the spinal column must be something you can see, touch, hold in your hand. It may exist for only a fraction of a second, but during that fraction, there's something inside every frightened person that's as solid as steel. And probably stronger. Oh, by the way, I think I found a name for it. The Tingler. You like it? The Tingler? Why not? Since we don't know what it is yet, we can't give it a Latin name. The Tingler. It must cover almost the entire backbone. The only way we're ever going to isolate it is to catch someone at the instant of complete terror. Not before, not after. David. You'll be too weak. Weak? From starvation. Hmm. The Tingler, how to see it? Well, in absence of, you know, actually going to a theater and feeling uh, your seat uh, (laughs) shock you, it's available on DVD. It's also available on digital download through the usual uh, online spots. And it's streaming on the uh, horror service Shudder. And a word of caution, there is a abominable print of The Tingler on YouTube. And if you start watching it, be careful because heads are cut off and it it misses the ending. The ending is cut off. So, you know, don't bother with that. Go yeah. through a legitimate source Rent to see or, or stream it, yeah. The Tingler. Cinema Obscura. Now to a little-known movie from 1961 as we look at another horror film that was heavy on audience participation. And it makes us think back to when we were kids and mom and dad said if gr- that grimace might freeze on your face. <laughs> A search for a winning lottery ticket in his dead father's grave causes a man's face to freeze in a horrible grimace until he forces a doctor to treat his affliction. And uh, wait, there's more. It gets even worse in 1961's Mr. Sardonicus. Yeah, this one is a, another castle picture. 
and he shows up at the beginning and at the end too. It's like the only anachronistic thing. The whole thing takes place in uh, the 19th century. So Mr. Sardonicus is ba- was based on a short story. Castle got the uh, writer of the uh, story to also write the script and it's his attempt at doing the sort of gothic horror that was big with Hammer movies or that mm-hmm. was going to be big with Hammer movies. I think Hammer was starting to kind of come to America at that at that time. Uh, also, Roger Corman was doing his Edgar Allan Poe movies. Uh, it's important to note that right now we see these movies as classics, but at the time the reviews weren't that kind because <laughs> right. a lot of critics really believed that uh, Castle was all gimmick and no substance. And this movie is actually um, – it, it's not one of his better-known movies, but it's got a lot of tension and it's got a wonderful henchman character in Krull who is uh, Mr. Sardonicus's right hand. He has a uh, missing eye thanks to uh, Sardonicus's temper. Sardonicus is established as a very, very cruel and unsettling man both inside and out. So it kind of sets the audience up to uh, vote for punishment, and in fact, that was the big gimmick with this movie. That was the gimmick, the punishment poll. Supposedly, Castle had shot two endings for this movie, one in which Mr. Sardonicus receives redemption and has his face repaired, and another in which he does not. And towards the end, Castle appears and has the audience vote uh, with these cards that uh, they were handed as they came in. It's a thumb up, mm-hmm. but you can like turn it like up or, or down. down. Yeah. But they're pointing – so I'm thinking they're pointing it at the screen and Castle is pretending to count these votes on film <laughs> and I'm like, are people actually believing this? Yeah. Plus I understand they used audio to augment the, the vote, you know, people voting yeah. thumbs down. So That sounds about right. Also um, – Castle said in his biography that he did shoot the uh, the good ending, but no one picked it. <laughs> Film historians and a lot of people involved in the production say that there was no such ending, that they only shot the punishment ending. But uh, either way, it's, it's, it's a very uh, – I like the ending. I like this movie. It's, it's very it's, – it's not as atmospheric as Corman was able to do to do with his Poe movies, but it still sets a mood, especially the flashback sequences where you see him as a, uh, as a peasant trying to uh, dig up his father's grave to get that lottery ticket. That is some creepy stuff. <laughs> and it all happens in the fictional country of Gorslavia, and according to adding to the tension, the uh, lit-up castle looks like a skull, which is kind of cool to look at. Yeah, it was. Castle was, I think, one of the more underrated filmmakers as a filmmaker. And fun fact, he wanted to direct Rosemary's Baby. He actually had bought the rights to the book and shopped it, uh, shopped it to the studios himself. But the studios wanted Roman Polanski to do it. Castle thought that this was his ticket to the A-list right. and to, to make respectable horror pictures – but uh, he was only able to produce it, and then he fell ill afterwards and wasn't able to capitalize on that momentum from that movie. And by the time he was able to, uh, by the time he was healthy again, it was back to the to B movies for him. Probably thinking, "Hey, here's my chance to do a movie without doing any gimmicks." Yeah, and 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 it didn't work out exactly. Mister Sardonicus, here's a clip. That sounds like a most interesting season, Sir Robert. 
particularly the revival of Macbeth. But then Macbeth is such a totally evil character, is he not? I've never thought so, actually. Better say a man pressed into evil by circumstance. On the other hand, there is a Iago, a creature of pure evil with no redeeming qualities, who tormented Othello with, with ghoulish delight. Ghoulish, you say? That is not a term to be used lightly. A ghoul, as I'm sure you know, is a disgusting creature who opens graves and feeds on corpses. Are you suggesting that Iago did that? My dear, I'm sure Sir Robert used the term figuratively. Ah, perhaps so. And of course, the English do not believe in ghouls, do they, Sir Robert? Well, no, I... No, of course not. But in my country, we do believe. In fact, Sir Robert, in fact, I have known a ghoul. Indeed. Are you English? Nothing shocks you, does it? You are so blasé. Or can it be that you do not believe me? It would be discourteous to doubt the word of one's host. And an Englishman may be many things, but never discourteous, eh, Sir Robert? Let me tell you about this ghoul. Yeah, here, Master. I will be there presently. That was uh, Guy Rolf as uh, Baron Sardonicus, and that's a wonderful performance. Most of it is behind a mask, and then when the mask comes off, he has this gruesome prosthesis. It actually took five different applications <laughs> <laughs> and he could only wear it for an hour at a time because it was so painful. But uh, he does get to show off his face as well. And makeup or not, he is able to use his voice and his body language. And it's a sight to see. It's actually um, – it was Castle's – one of his favorite movies that he had done. And uh, you can tell because it seems like there's a lot of care that goes into into each frame, even for the somewhat limited budget at the time. Mr. Sardonicus, look for it on streaming services? Yes, it is available on uh, streaming services. It's on Amazon Prime and Shudder. To my knowledge, it's also available on DVD and Blu-ray, but only in multi-movie Castle Collection sets because the the Mr. Sardonicus DVD on its own, it's out of print and you can't find it for like less than like 30 bucks at least. Mm. Uh, but you can still get it in one of those sets, but there aren't many special features on them. Two movies worth looking for, including The Tingler, are featured this week. And as always, thank you, Andre. Thank you, Steve. Cinema Obscura. And I'm Steve Nikhazy, along with Andre Bennett. Cinema Obscura is recorded and produced in the KYW studios in Philadelphia. For more shows, check out the new Radio.com app on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your favorite shows. Thanks for listening. 